Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh, sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to this action-packed show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it's a busy Friday. Let's talk some sports. Give us a ring, 718-664-9098. Shoot us emails, today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us, everything. There's so much to talk about. Like Ray said, we're going everywhere. Baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Oh, my goodness. Let's start. Ray, I'm throwing a question in your court because I'm going to tell you what what I think. How many games, or should I say, should he even be suspended? But for Deflategate, the Ted Wells report, the Patriots fans, football fans, fans of the league, the rules and integrity, should Tom Brady be suspended, and if so, for how many games? He should, and I believe he will. And I'll also say one more thing. It doesn't even matter because he got himself that fourth title. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. Let's talk yeah. about suspension. I believe the magic number is two. I think he'll get two games. Uh, it might as our, some of our Facebook fans were saying, it might be four negotiated down to two, but I think the the end result is two games. So I don't know what the league comes out and says two and doesn't negotiate down or says four and negotiates him down to two, but I think a couple games is what he'll be suspended. I say two games. I think the league will do four, and I think the reasoning is because they let this out, and then you have the public opinion, and then you have Don Yee, his attorney, coming out talking about a sting operation and almost insulting the NFL's integrity. And I think that is, at the end of the day, going to irritate Roger and Troy Vincent in the office. Come Monday or Tuesday afternoon by lunchtime, you will hear that he's going to get four games and he'll return um, week five against the same Colts. Which is so funny because the NFL, (laughs) most people's perception, if they don't, if they have a perception against with the NFL vis-a-vis the Patriots, is that the Patriots get away with a lot, and so it's kind of funny now to hear Brady and his attorney saying that the NFL has a vendetta against him, the Golden Boy. So. I thought that was interesting. Oh, the attorney was, was – I mean, I don't know if you heard all his statements. It was ridiculous. And, and, and they also gave the attorney the opportunity to go through the cell phone himself and give them just the text messages that have to do with this issue. You know what I mean? Because everybody was trying to say, oh, well, Brady's a big star. And he's you know, famous and he knows all these people and his wife and phone numbers. He wouldn't just give his phone with all these leaks. Yes, I agree with that. But then when you hear the attorney could have gone through it himself and then given them just the text messages or emails referring to this th- subject, then you feel like it's a joke. I, to me, I think the cover-up was worse than the actual act. So if it was just the act, you know, but we're, we're still talking about people thinking the game's on the up and up, uh, I would say one game. He would just miss the Steeler game. Either way, I'd be happy as a Steeler fan because, you know, mm-hmm. my boy Le'Veon Bell is out, LeGarrette Blunt's out. Garrett Blunt, well, yeah, now we'll see Garoppolo. That well, that's another reason why the conspiracy <laughs> theorists would be like, wait a minute, maybe he doesn't get suspended at all. Because think about this in terms of ratings. Like you said, you've got Bell, Oof. Blunt, and then Brady they would get ripped, out Ray. for that Ray. game. Do you know if he does not get a suspension – when Ray Farmer got four games uh, for sending a text message like, ah, I don't really like that play you called, or the Atlanta Falcons with the noise, Richard McKay gets taken off of a, a commi- um, you know, the committee for um, rule changes and for play and all that, then you've Just got other guys. The TV partners yeah, might yeah. weigh in and say, hey. <laughs> listen, listen, I think that the, that might be part of the controversy, too, to bring the ratings. Right, if he's not there to see how this young kid does, and 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 just it's also the start of the NFL season. Nothing's going to stop it for NBC. I 
I would say, you know, you're at the end of the day, we both feel too. If he would have sort of admitted to it, you know, manned up at the very beginning, it might have been one or just a fine. And now I think it's going to wind up being four. I'd be shocked if it was more than four, and I'd be shocked if it was not a fine at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is fascinating. The NFL doesn't stop. And then guess what? Breaking news, Dante Fowler, today at rookie camp for the Jaguars, you feel like they're cursed. Um, Shad Khan, the owner, can't get a break. Gus Bradley, great coach, but he can't get a break. Tears his ACL. He's out for this season. And the kid, he just looked like he was going to be a stud for the Jaguars, Ray. They had a solid draft, decent free agency. You really feel for this franchise. I don't know. What's, what's happening in Jacksonville? Oh, man. You know, That's what rough. can you say? Look, football's a game of injuries, but you don't expect to get it on week one, day one of training camp. You know what I mean? You don't yeah, even get to see this rookie, guy uh, on the field. Uh, rookie camp, sorry. You don't even get to see this guy on the field. You don't even get a summer of OTAs with him. You don't get preseason. Uh, you don't get anything. This isn't, you know, no. week six where you know a little bit about him. I mean, you basically just shook his hand, passed a physical, <laughs> gave him a uniform and some pads, and that's it. He's down. I don't even think he did his uh, rookie deal yet. I don't know. You know. Who knows? I mean, I know I heard Winston had signed, but I don't know who what other guys signed. I mean, you know, it's the salaries are slotted, and for the number three pick, it's, you know, pretty much, you know, cut and dry. But it's just unfortunate. And then another good news the story yeah, that started good. off bad on draft night raised. How about the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys? I think except for not getting a running back, they've done the biggest coup because to me, you, you, you get Chaz, forget the kid's get name in the third round, the lineman, Chaz uh, something, whatever his name is, who's a good lineman because you lost uh, Parnell to I think the Jaguars or somebody. So you needed that, you know, they carry on game day, usually seven linemen, no more than eight. So then you wind up getting Lael Collins from LSU, who had to deal with these questions about very sad ex-girlfriend who was killed and her child soon died after. And it's devastating, but the young man had nothing to do with it and was man enough to fly out, deal with this during the draft, answer questions, but wasn't cleared till later this week, you know, from the draft. And he signed with the Cowboys three years and $1.7 million, so he's getting, you know, a little almost 700000 a year. But still, two years, after two years, he can renegotiate. But the Cowboys win. I feel the kid lost some money, but I'm sure he'll, you know, get it back somehow. But to me, I mean, right now, your offensive line is ridiculous. If Greg Hardy for week 11 and Randy Gregory and DeMarco Lawrence from last year comes back, I mean, to me, the Cowboys legitimately can make it and win a Super Bowl this year. I mean, how do you feel about that? But you can't be happy with Randall, Dunbar, and McFadden and Ryan Williams. Well, I don't care what your offensive line is. <laughs> Linebacker is a question mark, too, you know, with some injuries. And Sean Lee, will he ever – stay on the field so we we do have some question marks in dallas but the draft picks and the unrestricted free agent or the the undrafted free agent lyle you figure dallas has one of the best offensive lines in the game to begin with and if you add yourself him right tackle rounder it's as if it's as if you just got a free first rounder so and yes. by the way, Randy Gregory was a projected first rounder Gregory was a first, should have been a first rounder. Exactly. You got three first round picks. How do you feel about that? Three. I mean, first come on, that's picks. amazing. It is. That is and amazing, I'm, Ray. And and it's because Jerry Jones is willing to take risks, and yes. you know, babysitting for one of the picks and going out there and courting him. I think they were saying that Collins was looking at what Buffalo. So Rex was uh, was in his ear, and the Cowboys. Yes, I heard about that. Two, yeah, were his two final choices. But uh, yeah, Cowboys look good. I'm telling you, man. Running back, maybe they scoop somebody up real late. They do a veteran cut, and and they add him to what the if, roster. What if what if they up the ante and offered a second round pick and and maybe Doug Free to the Vikings and said, you know what? Why don't you just give us Adrian? Wow, you got to have the cap room, though, for Adrian Peterson, too, because he's got a big contract, right? He makes $8 million. Yeah. Well, you, you, but, you, you know. Oof. 
Palestine, mm-hmm. Texas, goes back home. Why don't, you, why don't you give us AP? We'll give you a little, you know, give us some uh, all day. Give us a, give us that. We'll give you Doug Free, a good starting lineman. And uh, we'll go throw your second-round pick next year's draft. How do you think about that, Minnesota? The Wolf family might have to be like, ooh, we saved some money. Consider that. We get a starting lineman and a second-round pick. You'd have to consider it, Ray, right? You'd have to. Might have made a deal. Ooh, Tay's making deals. So, look, enough. Yeah. Yeah, realistically, the Vikings aren't going to win anything anyway. So maybe it's time to rebuild. Nine and seven at best. Maybe ten and six if everything breaks right. You know, I mean, they look. They were seven and nine last year with you know a, him one season and a rookie quarterback. So, I mean, you know, the, they got a great coach. You know, Zimmer. I mean, to me, that that was a good coaching job. Think about that: seven and nine with no running back and a rookie quarterback that didn't even start week one. And Matt, Asiata. that's pretty. And no tight end totally and, and a bad receiving core. Yeah, that's yeah, impressive. I mean, to me, that, too. Yeah, they had some good wins. See, I think, look, schematically we know from Cincinnati that Zimmer's a great coach. And I think also they quietly have a decent offensive line and good, um, pretty good defensive talent too. So, you know, that'll be interesting. But you know what, look, enough of the NFL. They've had their time. And and we'll still get into as as we get you know more into the summer. We 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 got to get meat and potatoes into breaking down these teams, in terms of the combination of their draft and free agency and what they did. And maybe you know we'll set up maybe through the summer we can go through each division and really just kind of sit on it for a little bit, along with the baseball talk when things are kind of quiet and you just got baseball and the anticipation of football. <laughs> so let's talk about these NBA playoffs because. What's so fascinating to me is, unless you want to talk NHL, NHL first, because we could do NBA and then get into our segment. I mean, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, right? let's start with the NBA. Let's go. Yeah. With the NBA. Well, I saw the Blackhawk game last night, and this was the team that I thought could win it all all along. And Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks are amazing. I mean, they're in the Western Conference Finals again. They sweep the Minnesota Wild. Um, it's five out of seven years. I mean, it's not the nine out of ten like the Islanders or, what, six out of seven from the Avalanche, and you know, all these teams, but they're in that category of all these great teams over the years, the Oilers, you know, these teams who have gone to conference finals and, i.e., sometimes finals, you know, five out of seven, seven out of eight. I mean, and, you know, there have been these legendary runs in, in hockey. And I think in sort of modern hockey, you know, where we're in now, you have to give the Blackhawks, the organization, their coaching, a lot of credit because five out of seven is pretty dominant to me. And I, I just I think they're impe- very impressive, and I think they'll be favored over, you know, the Ducks or um, Calgary, Calgary, who they both beat during Anaheim. the regular season. Anaheim leads 2-1. Yeah, they're probably, probably Anaheim. They play yeah. later tonight, yeah. Yeah. And so Patrick Kane, though, Ray, I mean, the is guy is Kane? a monster. Yeah, well, he scored what a point in seven straight, but uh, playoff games. He scored crazy goals. He he's unstoppable, the kid. I I, I don't know. You got to root for uh, the Blackhawks, but Chicago sports is is uh, they're buzzing right now. You, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good sports town, and they they represent. And their Blackhawks are really the new young, you know, dynasty. I mean, they might be the the, the Detroit. Red Wings of you know of our time, they're good. Right. They're really good, and they'll face you know what do we say Anaheim or Calgary, and then yeah. you know who we're worried about though. We, 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 so oh, we're the Rangers are almost cooked. About our Rangers, yeah, zip zip. They're almost cooked. Yeah, the Capitals are finally Capitals putting it together. It looks like who were on life support. You know they were worried about the the Islanders beating them, right? But now they're playing and they're up, well it's zero zero right now, but they're up three one in the series. And you know yeah, the, maybe the surprise—the surprise is the Tampa Bay Lightning because we thought that <sighs> Carey Price and Les Habitants, the Montreal Canadiens, would Can, well they stayed win alive. That series. 
give give them credit. They stayed alive. But the Lightning, you know what it is? They have so many different guys that can score. The Lightning are so tough. I think you could wind up, honestly, you could, the way they're playing, you could have a Lightning Blackhawk uh, Stanley Cup finals. And I think that would be really entertaining. I kind of want Alex Ovechkin to, to win a little the, bit. You know, because yeah, clearly great he's been the best the offensive great, yeah. scorer, you know, of the last decade. And, you know, everybody to Sidney Crosby's the best all-around player. And, and now you got guys like Malkin and, and Patrick Kane and, 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 you know, there's other guys that can score now. Even yeah, like Kane needs goal. to be in that conversation, clearly, though, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, let's... but this kid, Ovechkin, can do things oh, yeah. that nobody can do. And I would love no, to see special. him at he's least special. get to a finals, maybe get get to a uh, get to a conference finals, and then an and then NHL finals, and play for the cup. Because, you know what, he's that talented. And and I hate to see the guy. You know, it's almost like Bar- putting all steroids aside, but Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez. How from <laughs> oh, by so the way, Barry Bonds years, is cycling, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear that? Barry Bonds is cycling. Is <laughs> From one steroid sport to uh, another steroid sport, like really, of uh, all sports, that, he's going to go cycling. That but is anyway, so Ovechkin, new story. I want to see yeah. him play for a cup. I, I want to see him get his chance, That's just fair. like Bonds got his chance, just like, just like um, you know, even Barkley and Ewing and Malone, they all got their chance. They got to a final. Right, great players. You would like to see yep. great players have a shot at a, at a title and. And just to see their sort of, uh, to, you know, their championship, you know, for their legacy, you want to see them get a taste to see how well they'll play. So I can root for that. I mean, you know, I think the Lightning, it might be a little bit more entertaining. Um, just, I mean, the way they're playing it. But either way, it'll be fun. And, you know, Ray and Tay, you know, we'll, we'll update you. We'll definitely, we'll, we'll keep it going. So how about this? You know what, we we got to, we got to, do some flavor because I think at the end of the day, sometimes the fans and the people, they just need a little bit of beats. They need something sometimes just to rock out to and dance to. Let's come right back. And we're coming back strong with NBA playoffs, Cavs and bulls are tip, you know, playing and we'll talk about all of it, all the injuries. And then we have our segment Hall of Fame Fridays with the NBA playoff special topic. Ray and Tay will be right back. Somebody is going to win an NBA title without much experience. You know, I we we talked about it last time. Paul Pierce, LeBron James, Paul Gasol in the East, and um, who we have in the West? Basically, Tony Allen in the West. That's <laughs> yeah, about, and Howard lost that's in the a, finals. Yeah, and that's year. about it that's in it. terms of championship yeah. quality, pedigree, and championship experience. So we're going to have a bunch of inexperienced guys playing in this round, the next round, and winning an NBA title. This whole playoffs to me is, you know, and I said this to you off air, it's really a battle of nutrition, right? I mean, there's nobody that's sort of uh, safe. Everybody's injured. As soon as JR comes back tonight, well, guess what? Amon Shumpert's out. You know, Chris Paul is going to play tonight. But, you know, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, everybody's hurt. I think, you know, we got to start with what we saw the other night. Because when Mike Conley returned, Ray, and put up that performance, I think both of us, as much as we respect the Grizzlies, I think we were both impressed and blown away. And most NBA fans would be. Oh, I, yeah. I think his game is just so – first of all, to play like mic. that when you're injured. Oh, it's yeah. – it's ridiculous. That was so impressive. And um, just, you know, the way Zebo plays, you know you're going to get what you get from him and, and Gasol. But Conley dominated the game. Tony Allen, he was like, that's why I'm first team on defense, baby. I don't know if they voted that yet, if he, if he made, you know, if they released it. I didn't see anything. 
and uh, first, second, and third team All-NBA. You know, we got Curry as the MVP. But So I think uh, maybe we'll get all that on Monday. But, I mean, to me, if they play somewhat like that, this could go seven games and the Grizzlies could steal the series because they, they, they're throwing the Splash Brothers off their shots. These guys are coming off the picks and they're normally open. And the other night, that wasn't the case. <laughs> you know, I mean, they you were getting like... You know what we like, say about those oof. jump shooting teams. Yeah, you we always say You win by the jump shot, you lose by the jump shot. It's really hard to shoot well four out of seven games. And even though... They have talent. I'm always scared when your best two players are jump shooting guards. You know what I mean? If you can go inside out, you're a lot better. So we'll talk about Blake Griffin and and Chris Paul, obviously. But Blake Blake Griffin is the best player in in these NBA playoffs right now. By Uh, far. Chris Paul is the most important to his team. But two guards who shoot, it looks pretty and it looks great when you put up 130 in the regular season. And it looks easy when you beat the New Orleans uh, Hornets pretty easily. New Orleans Pelicans, sorry, 4-1. to one. But you know what? The Grizzlies are a tough, grizzled team. And remember yeah. that through most of the season, they were the number two seed. And we kept saying they are the second best team in the West because of their matchup. You know, when you have to deal with Gasol and Zebo simultaneously in the front court, and then... Mike Conley, who continues to amaze me, I continue to write him apology letters. I I said he maxed out like three years ago. (laughs) And he continues Uh. to get better and continues to play. And you know what? We talked about that playoff experience. And who has it? Tony Allen has it, right? So this Grizzly team. And the Grizzlies, be be fair, they've never been to finals, but they've been in the playoffs every year, the last couple of seasons. I mean, you know, and they beat the Spurs a couple years ago. They beat the Spurs. Yeah, they're gone deep. So they're a tough tough team. Yeah, They're a tough matchup, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, you know, I think from night to night in the NBA playoffs, you're sort of like, okay, all these injuries, you're like, oh, the Warriors, you know, they've got to be the favorite team remaining. And then it changes after Conley's comeback and his performance where you're like, whoa, the clip, the Warriors look a little shook in that game. Like that was – Warriors! That might have been a game changer come out to play. Could have been a game changer. What's going to be fascinating is, you know, tonight – Bulls are up now, but um, if at home Rose and Butler can do enough offensively and defensively to sort of slow down Cleveland, even though Jr. is returning, and then this Clipper series—it's one, you know, like all of them are one-one. You know, you you were talking about that on Twitter, and what we saw out of Blake, I think, is a player coming of age and turning the corner. And it's not like he hasn't already been very good, close to great, but I think now what he's doing is great. And, and as the, the song, they say they call that greatness. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 he's oozing greatness, right? And it's, and it's fantastic to watch because I really feel like this is their year and it's time. And Austin Rivers and Barnes and everybody just, you know, chips in and, and Crawford and Reddick's been clutch. Whoever needs to do what they do. And DeAndre Jordan is just, it's hard to believe, but I think the kid might be underrated himself. But I think Blake is so dominant that at the end of the day, even though Dwight Howard, I got to say, he's looking pretty lively like old Dwight. He's looking kind of good. I still don't trust the Rockets. And even though I had to apologize to him earlier this season and say I'm sorry because I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, I definitely stuck my foot in the ground and said they'd never win an NBA championship with that roster and that team. And I just don't think Howard's a winner, and I'm going to stick by that. And I think the Clippers are going to take this series. Well, you know what's Especially amazing if Chris Paul plays tonight. to me is that Blake Griffin is averaging seven assists. So that tells you he's naturally gifted as, as a passer, passing, right? So. <laughs> but he is clearly not taking bad shots. He's clearly in the flow of the offense, and he's drawing double teams and triple teams and passing it out to his teammates. So when a big man averages seven assists, you know he's mm-hmm. playing within the flow of the offense. So offensively, 
he is playing as well as anybody's played in a long, long time. Any big man has played in a long, long time. And even defensively, he's doing fine. So this guy for right now is, you know, by far the best player so far in the playoffs. And I just want everybody to stay healthy. You know what? Can we just make sure yeah. everybody stays healthy on every team? You know what I mean? I want to talk well, about on the, on the court and talk not about by, that with the, the, Hawks not by and the, the trainer. And yeah. so Chris Paul, I'm worried because as anybody out there that has a hamstring problem, everybody says he rested and it's a week. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I remember when we were growing up in the 80s, Ricky Henderson was out for 33 games. And we kept saying, mm-hmm. it's just a hamstring. It's just a hamstring. But you know what? You retweak you it. your hamstring. One you cut. stop and go. You're, yeah. He'll never be, during these playoffs, he'll never be more than 80, Healthy 85%. Chris Paul. No, he won't but be the healthy, question yeah. is, can an 85% Chris Paul not drop to a 50% Chris Paul like he was in that San Antonio game and, you know, lead this team, make everybody better, and then he and Blake combine for the best combo in the game? You know, it's definitely a good question and it's up for debate, and, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I think being the next two in LA, they 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 win both of them and sort of take the series under control. This Bulls Cavs could just go one 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 one. But we talk about injuries. We got to touch on the Hawks and Wizards. Another one one series. And you know, Randy Whitman was pretty upset today. The press conference and all that stuff. But John Wall, I, I you know, there's some thoughts that he can come back, and there's some who say he might not be able to. He's getting second opinions. I, I think at the end of the day, if a guy's hand hurts so much that he can't really dribble or, you know, because John Wall, two things. People forget he's one of their best defenders. He's so long and quick defensively. He's a great defender. But offensively, what he does, it's about pushing the ball and dribbling and, and, and his speed and his hands and all that he does. So I, I just don't know you know, how this is going to play out. If the kid is going to miss the whole series, you know, try to rest the hand for a couple games, was the bone broken before? I I don't know. But you know what? I think the Hawks might have gotten really lucky here, Ray, because I think the Wizards were going to win this series. And now if John Wall cannot play, Ramon Sessions is not enough to win three more games. And the Hawks will get away with with winning in six or seven. And remember, the Hawks caught a bad break in New York with that whatever happened there. We didn't really even get to the bottom of that with Thabo Cephalosha, who would have helped on defense. Uh, But you're right. John Wall is really a difference maker on offense and Mm -hmm. defense. He is special. And I guess where most fans or most people are having trouble is you rarely see a guy with hand issues missing games. You know, if your feet are, are, you know, if your ankles, your knees, hamstrings even, calves, but most people will just, oh, just tape it up, just tape it up. But, you know, apparently this guy wants to go as bad as anybody, but apparently some people are questioning him because they're like, oh, it's just his hand, tape it up. You got another one. And especially as a point guard, let's say you just pass, and let's say you only give the team 15 minutes. They're figuring 15 minutes of, of 70% John Wall is better better than nothing. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't question him. I think he really wants to play. I think I think the kid's hurting, and you know you you can't really tell with injuries. And I think it's hard if I mean you know if you can't dribble, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like you can't really and Use defensively. You, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, but instinctually you go to tip it, you go to steal. You I mean your hand in basketball, your hand is everything, right? Because you're 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 fighting through picks. You're doing like all this stuff. You know, it's not like football where you can kind of throw something on and you're not, you know, it's it's just different. I don't know. So, do the Bulls, they win tonight? Well, you know me. I still think the Cavs, despite the injuries, win the series. So, right now, it's 18-15 Cavs. And I like the Cavs in this series. I like the Cavs winning today. I like the Cavs winning maybe in six, but probably in seven. Kyrie can't have any more 13-point games. He's got to, you know, he doesn't have to score 30, but him and LeBron both need to put up close to 60, 57 points a game. 
um, unless you're getting big scoring from, you know, JR, because there's no other scorers on that team. And that's the problem. I mean, maybe you can get eight from Miller or James Jones, but there's not much scoring. So Jr. he can't Jr. can't have a two for thirteen night or a three for fourteen night. You know what I mean? He can't well, do a John you Starks. See how LeBron came out in Game Two? Oh, if LeBron I mean, plays like that, <clears throat> there's I no mean, stopping the kid. You feel so sorry yeah, for Jimmy I mean, Butler. Because <laughs> you almost realize other players and how good they are. It almost doesn't matter if LeBron. Wants to go to the hoop on every play. The only way you're going to stop him is foul him or put four guys in front of him. I mean, the kid, the, the guy is, you know, he's, you know, what, uh, Michael Jordan times three in terms of size and strength and speed and athletic ability. It's, you know, he's just the he's futuristic with Jordan. Handle. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. Oh, that, that too? Either one you can go for. So, look, we, we, we're talking a lot of basketball. Let's have a little fun. It's, it's our segment, Hall of Fame Fridays. We're bringing it back. Um, you know, we, we love when you guys at today at gmail.com shoot us your emails. You know, fans have different favorite segments, but people like when we talk about where you're at or the Hall of Fame. And so we figured we'd focus on the NBA playoffs. We each have two players to discuss who have had amazing, you know, finals or playoff games or series or just performances i'm going to let you go first we have two different guys but four guys who have done some amazing things in the playoffs who's your guy who who's who did what when and how and why okay i'm going first to the 80s and then even farther back. But I'm going to give you my guy Oof. from the 80s. Now, all of our okay. young fans out there, you need to go back to the archives yeah. and check out this guy, who's a little bit underrated, I think, in most people's eyes nowadays. Because when you think about the Lakers teams of the 80s, you think about Magic and Kareem, but you forget about James Worthy. And James Worthy has, game three, has three of those titles. Exactly. Not James Shields. Yes, the real big game. (laughs) (laughs) So Big Game James was an absolute terror on offense and guarding him, and especially on the fast break with Magic. So go back to the archives, go back to YouTube, and check out Big Game James. And especially check him out in Game 7. I'll lay the scenario out there for all the youngsters who don't remember. So it was 1988 and it was the Detroit Pistons who had just earned their stripes by beating the Celtics and representing the Eastern Conference. They go out and win two in 89 and 90. But in 1988, they meet the Lakers, who are trying to go back-to-back. Remember that Pat Riley was saying, oh, you know, repeat, repeat. So that was his big thing, and then three-peat. So, James Worthy in Game 7, when all the eyes are on Magic, Kareem, Byron, Scott, James Worthy comes out and puts up 36, 16, and 10 assists. His first triple-double, and he leads the Lakers to -to back-to-back titles. So in 87, they win. In 88, sends Kareem off with a bang. Wins the 1988 Mm -hmm. Finals MVP. What a number three option to have puts up a one of the best ever one of the best ever in game seven of an nba finals against a really good detroit pistons team who go out and beat the lakers the next year and then beat the pistons so the the uh, sorry the lakers and then they beat the uh, portland trailblazers so the pistons could have easily went back to back to back they were that good as a team with you know dumars and and isaiah and sally and oh yeah i'm gonna talk about it too i'm gonna talk about that not on that (laughs) night james worthy was the man that night okay well you know what's so funny i'm gonna stay with your franchise that you just mentioned the los angeles lakers and i'm putting a different twist on it this guy for me is one of the greatest players in NBA history, the Hall of Famer, and he's a Laker, and he has no championships. But in 1962, in the NBA Finals in Game 5 against the amazing Boston Celtics, this gentleman was 17 for 19 from the free throw line, 22 
for 46 from the field. And his name is Elgin Baylor. And he scored 61 points, which was a record. And we know that that has been, you know, met and, and matched and stuff. But what Elgin Baylor did was give the Lakers the series three games to two over the Celtics. But in scoring 61 points, it's something that had never been done in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously we know that Jordan did it. And I think, what, did LeBron get it too? Or I don't know who was the other guy. But Jordan, you know, did it against Bird and the Celtics, just like Elgin did it against the Celtics. The 63, he's killing the whole team. But Elgin Baylor, because he never won the championship, he was injured the time that they finally did get one. He kind of gets disregarded. He's probably easily top five small forwards of all time. And heroic, heroic performance. And I, I wanted to take this performance because it was for years, obviously in over 20 years, the scoring record. So Elgin Baylor, 61 points in a playoff game in the NBA Finals, and he just never could win. The Celtics came back and won the next two games and won another championship over, you know, the the great Laker teams. And the Celtics of the 60s, they're just too much with Bill Russell. But that was my guy. I, I had to give Elgin a shout-out because that performance to me of 61 points was just heroic. Yeah, he had the misfortune of running up against the Celtics every year. But other than uh, that, he too was much. awesome. I'll give yeah. you another guy from that era, a little bit later okay. on, maybe five or six years, came into the league. And picture this, the big bad Lakers with Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain and Gail Goodrich and, uh, you know, Elgin Baylor. They Everybody. show up and they're ready to roll. And they play this upstart Nick team coached by Red Holtzman with this ragtag <laughs> collection of players. So they've got Willis Reed and Dave DeBusher and, and Clyde Frazier and Dave Dick Barnett. Bill Bradley. And senator Bill Bradley, the then, you know, <laughs> basketball player before he was a senator, you know, the kid from Princeton, the All-America. Yeah. So the Lakers were supposed to crush the Knicks, and Will was unstoppable because the Knicks didn't have Bill Russell. The Knicks had Willis Reed. Well, Turns out that Willis Reed was pretty tough, and Willis Reed played him pretty well. But you know what? Willis Reed got hurt, and Willis Reed came and got hurt in game six. It was really questionable for game seven. So he comes out, and he actually hits two shots, two jumpers, and then they take him out because he can't go. He has a torn muscle in his thigh. But everybody but also made the garden go crazy. I mean, he, he gave the, the team the momentum and everything. Crazy. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> loses their mind. And so it's great. We're four minutes into the game. He hits his two jumpers, and wow, that's great. Well, guess what? We still got to win the game. And the guy who <laughs> won the game is Walt Clyde Frazier with maybe the best playoff performance of all time. I mean, oh. Magic Johnson's game six and 80 was pretty special, yes. too. But yeah. this guy in Game 7 of a World Championship Series, the only misfortune is it happened in the same game that Willis Reed came out and was a hero. So it's hard to have two right, heroes so he doesn't get the, the, the accolades. You know? doesn't get the accolades. But you know what? It's almost the perfect game. The guy goes 36 points on 12 for 17 from the field, 12 for 12 from the line, 19 assists, and seven rebounds in a decisive game seven without the big fella, without Willis 13, Reed. 13, 9, and 7. That's crazy. It was. 30, uh, yeah, 36, 19, and 7. And they ended up winning the Knicks do by 14 because Walt Frazier just wouldn't let them lose. And because it happened in 1970, all the young kids out there may not know about this, but this may be the playoff performance of all time, especially given the stakes. Game seven against the Lakers, against Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry Without West. Without the heart and soul of your team, basically. Yep. Just two jumpers, you know. Now you're, you're right. And, and, just, uh, and listen, Walt still does the broadcasting for the Knicks. He's got the, the, the restaurant, and he's still the best-dressed guy, you know, in New York. <laughs> and, just you know, you you got to love his style and flair. And Walt just, you know, he warms – 
Knicks fans' uh, heart in, in, in every way. So that that's a great one. And um, mine, it goes back to what you mentioned from the beginning of the segment. And I'm going with another guy who lost, but this guy eventually won two championships back-to-back. He's in the news right now for becoming the GM president and potential owner of the New York Liberty. And there's some controversy with it, and I think it's really unnecessary because MSG was found guilty of sexual you know, misconduct, not Isaiah Thomas. And I think everybody needs to leave him alone. He has been disrespected long enough. He is one of the greatest ambassadors to the NBA game and just basketball from what he did at Indiana with Bobby Knight. Yes, I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas. People didn't like what happened in New York with the Knicks, but you know what? Before all this, this guy was the baddest point guard you've ever seen and probably the best little point guard we've ever seen or one of the best little players. You throw in Isaiah and Tiny Archibald as well. But in 1988, prelude to 89 and 90, where they swept the Lakers and then I believe beat the Blazers in maybe six, Isaiah Thomas, and I think Ray and Tay might have seen this game together. I cannot remember. But Isaiah Thomas put forth probably the greatest playoff performance we've ever seen in a losing you know, matter. But on one leg, because he got injured, he scored 43 points, finished the game, could not play game seven where James Worthy went off and the Lakers won. But you didn't mention that Isaiah didn't play in that game, but that's okay. Ah, that's true. 43 points, 43 points in game six, eight assists, six steals. I think he wound up with like four or five boards. This guy played, was it the whole second half on one leg? I can't remember exactly. But oh, he yeah, wound he up had hurting. 24 in the quarter, right? In the third 24 quarter? In the, scored 24 in the third quarter. I think it was 24 in the third I remember the playoff game where he had like 25, and that was against Bernard King and the Knicks when the Pistons were all in the up back in uh, 83 playoff or 84. Um, but Isaiah is known for doing this. And when I tell you to score 43 against that Laker team who was going, you know, for their second title and then eventually, you know, got stopped for their third. Trust me when I say the Lakers would not have won Game 7 if Isaiah Thomas was healthy and playing. The Pistons were ripe to win, and the next year they embarrassed the Lakers and swept them. And what you saw Well, remember, Magic just, and Worthy both got hurt that next year. They they did. They Well, they did, but the Pistons, to me, were the better team in, in 88. I think the Pistons should have won this series. They had them. But anyway, they, they could not finish and win this game six, and the Lakers won game six and game seven because the Pistons were up in the series, remember, and they were going to, that's what I'm saying, they were going to win and finish them. And the only thing that hurt them was Isaiah getting hurt. So I have to say the Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas, Ice Boogie, the illest point guard just probably ever besides Magic, Isaiah, to me, that performance was, you know, because we were young then and we saw it, but we weren't too young. We were teenagers, and it was, I, I, we, I, we just had never seen anybody play. It's different to play hurt, but to play on one leg that yeah, way. Yeah, he was and, and they still off the ground. Yeah, falling. Remember the fadeaway shot in the corner? I mean, he, he would not, he just would not stop. It was almost like every fall he kept getting back up and he just wouldn't stop. So I also wanted to pick Barkley in a losing matter because, like Elgin, he didn't win. But I had to go with Isaiah just because I feel like the guy gets too disrespected and I'm giving Isaiah Thomas some props. So that's our Hall of Fame Friday segment. Four amazing players, James Worthy, Elgin Baylor, Walt Clyde Frazier, and Isaiah Thomas, and – Really, everybody should come through in the clutch like those gentlemen did in in the playoffs because that those performances were all just ridiculous. And now, more ridiculous in Major League Baseball, Ray, A-Rod hit 661, 
and nobody really wants to talk about it, but I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think? What do we say? The first place Yankees who just keep it going. I mean, uh, they're up already, what, 5-1 to one over five the Orioles. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, the Orioles and, scored. Okay. It was 5 yeah, last time I checked. And, and, and they just, they they are they're the best team in American League East right now. I mean, you look at the standings. Um, and it's impressive. But what do you think about, you know, A-Rod? Obviously, you know, they're up ahead of Tampa the, um, by a couple games. They're 18 and, what, 11? I mean, the Yankees are 11, bold, man. yeah. They're yeah, three games up good. over Tampa. Three games four, up over Tampa. Four over Toronto, four and a half over the Red Sox. No Memorial. one thought this. And then the best player, pitching is great, but the best player has been A-Rod consistently. An A-bomb from A-Rod. Well, this is what I have to say about A-Rod. We always knew that he was a phenom. You know, at 19, he's bigger, better, much stronger than Derek Jeter even. And, you know, we love Jeter. But Jeter had the intangibles and the winning and everything. But in terms of a physical, you know, I I think if you were to make a baseball player, you'd make Alex Rodriguez. And so this guy was just unbelievable. Now, what he did you know, outside of baseball is going to taint his legacy. But anytime you can be in the category of Willie Mays is really <laughs> unbelievable. Because this guy, if you think about it, you know, for the first half of baseball, you know, let's say baseball's been around for 100 years, 120 years. For the first half, it was all about Babe Ruth. And, and he was better than, than many teams. And then for the second half, and maybe eclipsing him, maybe not, that's a debate. It's Willie Mays. I mean, this guy is the best all-around player. Well, because all-around, the greatest defensive player, and just he stole bases. He was a five-tool player. The definition of a five-tool player, right? And for A-Rod to approach him and beat, you know, his home run record. And if you look at A-Rod, if he stays healthy, because, you know, he'll play as long as there's, you know, there's 20-some-odd million a year left on that contract. A-Rod's going to finish in the top five in home runs, in runs scored, in RBI, in total yeah, bases. In, I mean, this guy is going to be right up there in the record book, so you've got to figure out what you want to do with him. And as fans, how do we know phenomenal. how many, like, how could you quantify, Ray, how many home runs were with steroids? I don't know. We don't know. You can't. You can't. You can't. Was it 200? Was it 130? Was it? And I come back to this, and I come back to the fact that you have to put an asterisk for the whole era, and you have to say to yourself, pitches were juiced and batters were juiced, because remember when they did that sampling of Yeah, we still miss. How many names did we miss? (laughs) 103 names. Only A-Rod's got leaked, though. That means there's 102 other people sitting there like, woof. I got over, man. This was a this was a uh, you know an anonymous test. That that was the most frustrating thing for me, because I'm like you can't just leak one when there were so many other guys. And to me, everybody can then after that, when there's been no talk or sniff about it, then people can be all Pollyanna. Because guess what? We know that it wasn't just hitters. Pettit and Roger, you know, have been caught. I'm sure there were tons of other pitchers. You know, we, we know about different players. We just don't know. So to me, and even separate from that report, because for a while there was no testing. We've had testing for, what, 10, 11 years now. But still, I mean, there could be way – I'm sure there are an extra – forget the 102. There's probably another 200 on that. I mean, who knows? So Yeah, who knows? It's but amazing, and it's what? impressive. And you, 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 said it, you said it great. I mean, look, you're in the category of Willie Mays. What can you say? But we got to talk about 50 hits in 28 games for D. Gordon. Ray, he's, you know. When did he start hitting, right? One of the reasons. I mean, that's like they said what goes back to Hornsby and Wagner. I mean, this is like all-time hitting at this point in 28 games, 50 hits. Um, Not only is that so impressive, but at the end of the day, you got to tip your hat to the Royals, the Astros, the, the Yankees. Um, of course, you know, we know that the Mets are still hanging in there. I mean, these teams, I think that the way that they're playing and the way that they're winning 
And the Mets, you know, went through a little bad streak there. What they go uh, four and seven and eleven games or whatever. But they're eighteen and ten, and you got to believe that these teams. I don't know if they're going anywhere. The Astros are playing scrappy. The Mets are doing it. The Kansas City Royals, the Yankees. I mean, what are your thoughts about? I mean, could these teams just totally fade off and disappear, or are we seeing a developing pattern in in in, in teams that were not to be picked? To win. Well, the team that really, you know, we, we gave them props a few weeks ago. The Astros go from the only – remember remember a week and a half ago when we spotlighted Eight and seven, them? yeah. They were eight and seven. They were the only team over 500. But you figure, all right, they're, they're you know, one game over 500. Now they're the only team over 500 in the division, and the next best team is the Angels, who are 13 and 16. And then Texas is 12 and 16. And Oakland's twelve and sixteen, and yeah. Seattle the Mariners, who everybody predicted to win the thing, is eleven. Ah, uh, very disappointing. We so both had them the in the division wild card. That is the craziest to me. And you know, can the Astros hold on? Oh, I don't know. But it's a long season. Ten, yeah, but to be up six on everybody, and they have to play. That's a lot of games. You know what I mean? The Astros yeah. have to play everybody, but then again, so do the Angels have to play the Mariners. And Oakland right. has to play the Mariners. The other and teams Oakland will beat up on each other as well, exactly. which helps the Astros. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're right, that's Ray. That's the one that's, I mean, the most, that's the most, you know, uh, surprising. Obviously, in the And Dodgers NFL, and Cardinals, you know, you expect that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Dodgers, Dodgers and Cardinals, Cardinals you expect it. What's going Good on with your Padres Nationals, though? Being 500. You know yeah, what? Are you getting concerned? I am concerned, but not that concerned. My concern o meter yeah. is at a four because I still don't think the Mets are for real. I still don't think the Braves are for real. Miami right. is not for real, and Philly's just terrible. So the yeah. Nationals are four and a half back, but I think they'll be fine. Remember, the Mets are getting six wins out of Bartolo Colon, who's 40-some-odd years old. He's the man. You know that's your uncle, is, man. Come he's on. He's going to break down. He's going to break down. Not, so, wait, wait, so, only, you, so you say, so you think you, you haven't only seen him do it. 43 years old or whatever he is. He's 300 pounds. That body and that toll is going to take – that body's going to wear down by August. Is There's no way. There's no way Man, he can listen. last the whole season. He's and eating arroz con pollo and the platanos. Well. <laughs> you don't know about the platanos or arroz con pollo. Come on, man, he's doing it. I Listen, he, he I is. that to me – that to me, because the Mets, remember, you – you specifically were concerned about the injuries, and they were legitimate concerns, but they've seemed to – is David Wright back now? And they're getting back um, one of the pitchers too. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I believe the Nats, you know, we've, we talk about them throwing out their five guys that they're going to be able to overcome this. But um, we're, we're at May 8th. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, before you know it, it's Memorial Day, and then you, you then you get to the, the heat of the summer, but June the, and it's, July. It's so. the Mets that are pitching, though. You know, we kept saying the Nats were pitching, the Nats were pitching, but it's the Mets. It's the Mets that have the best, you that know. staff is, is the, great. The second best runs allowed behind the Cardinals in the whole National League. You yeah, know, obviously you can't yeah. compare it to the American League. There's just so much more offense to the American League. But the Mets – only 86 runs allowed. I mean, the, the Mets are playing great. How I have crazy would New York be if the Yankees and the Mets, Mets both made the playoffs? They both wow, made the playoffs. Is this 2000 again? Is this, you would know, be... the Yankees-Mets World Series? Oh, man. Well, that, that's, that should make the playoffs. You know, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> both get a <laughs> wild card. You, you, you got, you're getting a little greedy there, playboy. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, it, it's, it's great hope. to see. No, it, it's great to see. Um, listen, I mean, you know, I love to see players like D. Gordon just doing his thing. Um, you know, obviously a lot of that Astros lineup, you know, they're, they're having a hit parade. Um, you know, and then, you know, the Royals and Tigers, I think you're going to see the two of them all summer battle. I don't know if anybody else can touch them in that division. I thought the White Sox would be better. Been a little disappointed in them. But 
Kansas City and Detroit, I think that's just going to be, you know, that's going to be a rat race. That's going to go down to September 3rd. You know what I mean? I really believe that. You might be right. Detroit's old, and everybody didn't want to pick them because they thought that they had peaked a couple of years ago. But I, I still like them. I still like them. I think Chicago, the White Sox, the Cleveland Indians, very disappointing. So Especially Indians. Playing right into Sports Illustrated hands. went on that limb that they were going to win the World Series, the Indians. And the team that we thought would you know. be terrible, the Minnesota Twins, 16 and 13, <laughs> you know, above 500. You know, good for them. Good, good for them. I mean, I think, look, they've been kind of kicked around for a while now. When was the last time the Twins were good? It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, they made the, they made the wild card a few times. Yankees took care of them a few times. But, yeah, for them to be, you know, and they had the AL, re- returning AL Cy Young, but uh, they got the, you know, they moved into the new stadium and everything. So, yeah, good, good for them. And I, I hate to see a team that's down for too long. And that's why I'm happy that the Astros are playing well. And I'm happy that some of these teams are turning around, turning it around. The team well, those draft really... picks start to turn into players if you draft right. And I think yeah, Minnesota the... and Astros are seeing that, you know. The team that you gotta you gotta really hold your nose when you watch them is is the Milwaukee Brewers, and you gotta ask oh, yourself, you know, is that horrible. team gonna stick with Ryan Braun? I mean, it, you know, it might be blasphemous, but is that a guy that you move at some point and try to rebuild? Try to get an arm, some young arms for him. Pitching staff is yeah. terrible. So yeah. you're the really... Phillies and the Brewers could be the the two worst teams. Uh, I think the Rockies and Diamondbacks I would put ahead of them because they they they're building you know sort of the right way they're a little ahead of the curve. I think the Brewers and Phillies are at a place where you're like what and what it are you comes guys doing? down to neither of them can. Well, it's funny because I guess when you're the worst two teams, you can't score and you can't pitch. So I think if you put those teams together, they might not be a 500 team. They're, they're I would that agree. bad. Look, you got a big series this weekend, though. KC's at Detroit, you know, three games. Um, that should be yeah, fun. Yeah, right now you know, they're tied four four in the in the fifth. Yeah, see, and and who knows? Maybe Cleveland gets well against Minnesota, you know, or maybe Minnesota's like, nah, we're 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 the real deal. So it should be a, a good sports weekend, you know. You, you get yeah, to Cleveland see and some... Chicago are tied. Up, oh, Cleveland just took the lead. So that looks like that's wow. going to go down to a fourth quarter. Yeah, I think I think what's going to be fascinating in the NBA is to see um, who can pull away, you know, or, or will these series just go one, 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 one? You know what I mean? I, I really think the Clippers will be able to pull away. Not sure about the Chicago Cavs. I, I feel like that's going to be just a knockout seven-game battle, you know. So it it'll, it'll be fun. Rangers and Caps are zero zero, so they're going into okay, the third yeah. with a scoreless game. Well, you know this is uh, this is it. You know, uh, you, you hope the Rangers have enough. They just haven't been scoring. They gotta they gotta get something going. They really yeah. Do. That's been I their mean, problem the whole playoffs. You know, they've been winning despite that. But yeah, they need to get they need to get the captain off the shot. They, they need to just. Turn up, turn it up, and you know what? Again, you know I hate to say this, but I actually am rooting for the uh, rooting for Ovechkin. I, I want him to, I, I want him to experience some success. I mean, he's put in his time, so I, I wouldn't be. And that's I fair. Sometimes you'd like to see greatness, uh, you know, have its opportunity. So, should be fun. Well, listen, another great show, and Monday we will definitely be back strong, updating you on the hockey and and, and NBA. We might have an answer. Ray and Tay say four games the NFL will do, but we think it should be two for Tom Brady. And, um, you know, congrats to the Cowboys for the signing. You feel bad for Dante Fowler Jr. and then hope for the rest of the training camp. Nobody else rookie training camp nobody else gets hurt on any team goodness gracious so enjoy the weekend hey it's gonna be fun i'm uh hosting a big party for young william having his party early this year so sixth birthday party with superman and 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 the flash will be here you know we couldn't wait to may 25th so we're rocking it saturday so a lot of fun and uh we have superman and the flash coming you gotta like okay (laughs) well hopefully we'll see some 
Superman and the Flash this weekend in basketball and hockey, and we'll be back to talk about it on Monday. Thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for talking sports with friends. We're out. Have a great sports weekend.